Guys, thank you for joining us on one of our premier broadcasts here at Workers. Um, or, sorry, Media Essential Workers. We are joined today by Robert Elder with the Chicago Headline Club, who's talking about an initiative that uh, I think it's very exciting. You've been kind of proactive in looking at what the needs are with our journalistic community and stepping forward and doing something about it. Um, you have a couple of initiatives. Tell us about some of the uh, seminars that you put on for journalists, some of the Zoom conferences in light of what's going on. Sure, sure. Well, uh, I'll talk about the one that you mentioned first, and that is the Chicago Headline Club and the Chicago Headline Club Foundation. Um, we're giving $50,000 to uh, financially struggling journalists uh, in the area. So um, up to 100 journalists get uh, uh, $500 a piece to apply to whatever they need to do their jobs or to look for work. So it's everything from uh, you know, resume writing to maybe you just need your Wi-Fi uh, bill covered. Maybe you just need to pay your telephone bill. So they're sort of practical things that help people in, you know, this sort of time of transition for a lot of people. Now, how did you decide to do this? Obviously, there, there was a need for this. I know in my particular union, I'm the vice president of NABET Local 41. We help a lot of um, broadcast technicians. We represent them. There's been a big need for this. And, and I've been on the phone constantly with some of our members about this. How did you realize that uh, as a not-for-profit, this is something, your foundation, that you need to step up and make sure that you are helping people with? Sure. Well, part of it is just, and I've said this before, but unprecedented times call for unprecedented actions. And so we've been, we had been talking about this um, direct assistance um, other than just programming. So myself and then the president of the Chicago Headline Club Foundation Board, which is a separate uh, 501c3, um, we talked with them about it. Um, and then our treasurer, uh, Greg Karp, uh, made this presentation and said, here's how we can make uh, this work for the most number of people. And, uh, and so we just did it actually the, by the time we had a proposal and the time, by the time we voted on it, it took less than a week. Um, so we wanted to, uh, do it and we wanted to do it fast. That is, that is monumental. Hi everyone. Just wanted to jump in here, um, for you to kind of come up outside the box and have this idea and get the whole buy-in of your entire board and actually vote on it and actually get that implemented. That's a, that's pretty cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about like the strong points and what some of the motivators were in for everybody else on your um, organization to jump in. Sure. Um, it was just need. We saw it there, um, you know, 22nd century media and the suburbs had gone away. Um, you know, I've had jobs at the Sun-Times, uh, the Chicago Tribune, um, uh, Cranes. I've been sort of all over and I, I have a um, uh, also a career, uh, a career, a history in suburban journalism as well. And so uh, that was one of the triggers for me is seeing all those newspapers go away. And, you know, 50 people at 22nd Century Media uh, lose their jobs. Also, the Tribune was talking about, um, you know, uh, offering buyouts and salaried reductions. Uh, and again, this is a, a strange time. Uh, the, the coronavirus pandemic and COVID, I think it's thrown everybody for a loop. And so um, everybody is scrambling, try to trying to figure out not only how to make the institution survive this, but individually how individual journalists and freelancers survive. So we made it not only for people who were laid off, but maybe you were a freelancer and then that freelance went away. In fact, I've, I've had a couple of people in my circle who, 
you know, were columnists or, or whatnot, and then that just went away. Um, so, you know, it's a, a time for people to help where they can. It's also worth noting that we're taking donations too. So this is coming out of our rainy day fund, and um, this is more than a rainy day. You know, <laughs> this is this is a yeah, this is a hailstorm of um, uh, just never before seen circumstances. Uh, I, I just I don't even have the language to talk about um, how strange it's been. But again, we wanted to do it fast and we wanted to do it directly. Well, um, and, and, uh, I'm sorry, we just kind of jumped in there and it looks like we have a lot of new viewers. So let's uh, kind of talk about what, what it is we're doing here. You're probably watching this on Media Essential Workers or you're watching it on my personal page, Raza Siddiqui. I'm the Vice President of NABIT Local 41 and try to provide a lot of resources, not only to our members, but other journalists we work alongside with. Um, joined by my wife, Sarah Sadat, who helps me sometimes conduct the interviews and we're with um, Robert Elder as well who is with the Chicago Headline Club. But Robert, I want to give you a chance to explain who you are and how you got into this position and what the Chicago Headline Club is. You're with a very interesting publication that I had to ask you about. Tell us about that. Sure, sure, sure. So um, let me, so I'll back into this. So my, my day job is I am the chief digital officer for the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. And uh, we've been around for almost a hundred years. In fact, our, our hundredth year, our hundredth birthday is uh, later this year. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people know us because we're the nonprofit behind uh, the Doomsday Clock, uh, and we just uh, announced in January that it was 100 seconds to midnight. So we keep track of um, nuclear risk, uh, uh, climate change, and disruptive technology. And uh, notable contributors throughout our history include um, Albert Einstein, um, uh, Oppenheimer, Stephen Hawking, Bertrand Russell, Christine Todd Whitman, um, and uh, former U.S. Secretary of Defense uh, Bill Perry, William J. Perry, um, is on our board, and we have uh, over a dozen Nobel laureates. So uh, we keep track of uh, we call them existential threats, or uh, you know, man-made threats that threaten our existence. So that's primarily what I do. Um, this year, I am the president of the Chicago Headline Club, um, which is turning 100 next year. Uh, and we are the largest chapter of the Society of Professional Journalists in the nation. Um, and we not only put on the Lissagor Awards, most people know that, but we're also the nonprofit behind FOIA Fest. Um, and we do um, trainings and uh, all sorts of, we try to do it monthly, but it's been more than monthly recently, um, information sessions. So we just recently had one um, oh God, this week, um, no, no, this month, uh, about career transition advice and working with a headhunter and working with a recruiter and understanding and unemployment benefits. So, um, you know, for a lot of people facing unemployment, and again, not all of our services, not all of our programs are about that, but since we're in a time where more journalists are in transition than ever, a lot of people didn't know how unemployment benefits worked, or if you could get benefits while taking a buyout, or even where to find a recruiter, because um, it would be nice for journalists to know that if you are a journalist looking for a gig, you know, a short time gig, um, a long term gig, you know, the recruiter that we talked to, and you can find those videos on our website, said journalists are hot commodities. People love working with former journalists and journalists 
because we know how to make deadlines. We know how to tell stories. So a lot of that was informational and a lot of it was very comforting to people. Um, and then we do things like, you know, how to safely report on the coronavirus. And so we had uh, and a couple of- You and I actually, yeah, that's that's where I met, yeah. we had a Zoom uh, technology and I know a lot of our members, as well as a lot of journalists in the field have the concern that, hey, we are in a way part of the story. We are affected by it and yet we're out there covering it. We're reporting on the risks and yet we're out there in the midst of it. So um, I had a lot of, again, questions and, and it was a very, it was a great seminar you guys put on. Kind of talk about uh, who you had on the panel and, and what were some of the points that came out of that? Because I think that's important to share with as many people as we can. How do we see sure. that story? Sure, sure. So, you know, some of it was very practical. It was about how to use masks. Um, we had Dr. Uh, Shelley Vazari Flace um, and uh, Dr. Robert L. Murphy, uh, as well as um, uh, Chrissy Taylor, uh, the managing editor of the Chicago Tribune. And they just talked about, um, again, not only how to properly use masks, but also where and, and how to sort of fact check those stories. Um, how to keep a uh, proper distance at a press conference, you know, what your uh, responsibility is as far as a mask and how that mask works. Um, and then we talked about, you know, the fact that a coronavirus can be transferred between mammals. So, you know, there was talk of uh, that. I forget where it was, but there was a tiger that. Um, right in New York, right in the lion. epicenter. Yeah. yeah. A, a yeah. lion that was affected. I remember reading that and being like, uh oh. It, just yeah. knowing it can go from species to species adds another kind of element of uh, uncertainty to this whole. Uh, this whole it situation. is, it is, but we are also putting it in context because, uh, again, how many people are touching a lion? You know, <laughs> so hopefully so, not too many. <laughs> yeah, bigger concerns. You know, we're we're at the beginning of this and understanding this, but you know, um, there's some research that suggested that it came from bats uh, as well. So um, people wanted to know: Am I at risk from my cat? Uh, and uh, we think preliminarily the answer is probably not, but um, that's the nature of a coronavirus. It can be passed back and forth. So, so we discussed. So you discussed a little about safety. You discovered discussed a little about job transitions. Tell us a little more about this current program that you're implementing. Um, how much money? How many people? And what's defined as a journalist in the criteria that you guys are using? Who are you sure. trying to help? Sure, sure, sure. So um, the Chicago Headline Club and the Chicago Headline Club Foundation, um, you know, we are giving $50,000 to journalists um, in the Chicago area. And uh, so that we're also saying, you know, Chicagoland, almost as Colonel McCormick used to say. So it's also people in northern Indiana. Um, and who qualifies? Uh, I'm just going to read. Uh, what we said, and that is professional Chicago area journalists who are underemployed or unemployed and struggling financially because uh, loss of a job or reduced work. Um, students and new college graduates aren't eligible for this. And uh, it's one submission per journalist. So it's pretty broad. It was designed to be broad so we could do the most good um, in the most con concentrated population. And part of the reason I ask that is a lot of the members for um, the union I'm part of are photojournalists. And a lot of times there's that distinction between reporters who are out there in the field and photojournalists who are telling the visual story. According to the definitions that you read, it sounds like photojournalists would also be encouraged to apply and would be able to be benefit by this if they meet the criteria of being underemployed. Or yeah. 
TV producers, bloggers, um, photojournalists, um, designers, um, videographers, uh, any professional journalist um, is eligible. Fantastic. Well, that's really good to hear. How um, does one go about applying for this? Where can they find out more information? How do yeah. we do this? So you just go to the headlineclub.org. Uh, it's just headlineclub.org, no the in there. Um, and it's our lead story. So you can just uh, check it out. The um, form is fairly simple. We ask you only for sort of uh, a very baseline of information. We we want proof that you've been a working journalist. So, you know, sometimes it's clips, sometimes it's a LinkedIn profile, um, you know, and it's pretty simple. You know, we got this wonderful thank you from uh, a woman recently. And she said, you know, I just applied for this 12 hours ago. And now I just got, you know, uh, a Zelle transfer of 500 bucks. So oh we're trying God. to do it fast. You know, this is something we wanted to do and to be of immediate relief to people. That is fantastic. I mean, again, I'm not going to continue saying this, but for you to have that program in place and provide that relief right away, I was just going to ask you about timelines, like when will we hear from you and all of that? You just cut to the chase. If you qualify, you get a transfer and you're ready to go, right? Yeah, yeah. And so we have protections in place to make sure that it's not going to two people, you know, it's not going twice to the same person. Um, and again, we do have guidelines and there are, there's a group of us sort of vetting applications, um, uh, but uh, we want to work fast. You know, we often hear that um, for being in the communication industry, communication sometimes is not our strong suit, but it seems like this has kind of resonated. I saw that you were in the feeder column earlier. I know that on social media, people have been blasting and sharing this as I encourage our viewers to do if you know anyone who is um, affected by this and could benefit. Um, how has the response been? Have people been very adamantly reaching out? Um, is there still a long way to go? Tell us, uh, benchmark yeah. for us. Yeah, 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 I was gonna say, so g give me one minute and I can actually tell you how much money we have left. Fantastic. Um, because I, I'm reporting to my board uh, every Friday about it. Um, let me see. I think last time I looked, we had a little more than halfway to go. Okay. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, so there's at least half left. Um, and it's been really amazing. And I, I love the fact that we're getting, um, so much response. Uh, and actually, as my email comes up here, I have to correct myself. Uh, no, we have more than half of the money left. So last time I looked, I think it was about $35,000. So, so um, quite a few people just joined us. If you're just starting to watch now, we are talking about the Chicago Headline Club and the Chicago Headline Club Foundation that has set aside some money to help journalists who are looking after being unemployed or underemployed. Um, with the resources for job searches or looking ahead to other opportunities, which I think is absolutely great that a foundation is stepping up. We're hearing more and more people doing exactly the same thing. Um, we were hearing actually, gosh, now I'm blanking. Um, in Michigan, um, someone is setting up a source, a resource for unemployed or underemployed sports freelancers. As we know, the sports industry has been decimated for right now. So they're setting up some resources to help them. And it's great to hear locally here in Chicago that the Chicago Headline Club has stepped up and, and is fighting for and giving these opportunities to journalists. I'm proud of you, man. I know this is your first term. You're doing good work. Well, um, I, I appreciate it. But again, it, it is really that board and those people who have 
works tirelessly. And again, uh, the president of the foundation as well, uh, uh, Sue Stevens, um, and our treasurer, uh, Greg Carp, has done a lot of on-the-ground work. This was his proposal. And when you read that web page, that is all Greg. So, um, you know, it has been uh, a team effort um, led by uh, a few key players. But I think as a board, we voted, I think it's 23 people, we voted unanimously quickly to do this. Um, and that's in the middle of, again, not just the pandemic, but we had a lot of other programming going on. Uh, and we have uh, another one coming up on the 29th, um, uh, which is about um, the documentary. Let me see if I can get the name right. Uh, the documentary is Cooked, Survival by Zip Code. Um, and uh, that is about um, uh, how to basically cover communities in crisis. Um, and um, uh, we're also having uh, Maudlin from the uh, uh, Sun-Times uh, come in and talk about uh, you know, how to do that. So I haven't put that page, uh, you can actually find it on Google, but I haven't uh, put it in the nav yet because we're gonna start uh, pushing it this Wednesday, the 22nd. But uh, if anybody wants to find it, again, just type in Chicago Headline Club, Club and Cooked um, and you can register for free. Um, but it's really interesting, uh, you know, I, I don't know how many people remember this, but in 1995, in one week, um, more than 700 people died in a heat wave in Chicago. And, you know, it was those death, those deaths were mostly, you know, African-American elderly and poor Chicagoans. And if you look at the demographics of the people who are dying of COVID, same demographics. So this looks at how you report on that and how you report um, at communities in crisis. You know, I, I'm just intrigued that you said that. I'm actually looking at some of the comments and uh, one of my buddies, Theo Hardiman, you know, he ran for governor. He's actually been a spokesperson and activist for some of these underserved communities. He started uh, a radio show himself on WVON where he discusses a lot of these issues. He's talked about even during this pandemic, if you can believe it, just the amount of shootings and, and, and Chicago violence that still goes on. I think it's just very apt to at least... Uh, to, to maybe include him in the discussion or, or at least to, I think it's just great that you're doing this because these are these underserved communities that really to provide the resource of how coverage should happen there, what kind of questions we can ask. What was the thought process about getting that started? That's especially during this pandemic with everything else, but then to return to serving the needs of our community. Well, it, it was a couple of different things. So it's uh, also, uh, it was an odd, set of circumstances because my background and my first love is movies and film. In fact, uh, for the first uh, five years of my career, uh, I was a film critic uh, at the Chicago Tribune. Robert, um, can I interrupt you for one second? My favorite quote is from the movie uh, Grand Canyon, where they say all of life's answers are answered in the, all of life's questions are answered in the movie. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> like uh, sometimes when I'm in a fight with my wife, she's like, why are you watching a movie? I'm like, I need an answer on how to get out of this. So yeah. I hear you. <laughs> But my, my, my wife actually, she has a special superpower. And if I'm watching a film or my I'm watching with my kids at the dr highest dramatic moment when they say, you know, they, they've spent, you know, 90 minutes working up and then they say the murderer is my wife will walk into the room and just say something like just just 
So all those two hours were for nothing. That superpower resides with all wives all over the world. You you couldn't come in during the montage. You had to come in when they're revealing who the killer is. (laughs) But I'm sorry, I interrupted your story. So you were a movie critic uh, at the Sun-Times. Tell us about that. Uh, At the Chicago Tribune, actually. Tribune. Uh, But uh, yeah, I was their sort of uh, junior movie reviewer. And so... Uh, and I also, in my other life, I, I write books, and three of my books are about movies. And so um, when I came into this position, um, we had had a few film events. Um, you know, Dan Geyer, um, who had been president of the Chicago Film Critics Club, he was on our board. And so we did a couple things. Like we did a, a an advanced screening of Spotlight, the movie about, you know, the Boston Globe uh, investigative team. And so I wanted to do more of that. So this, believe it or not, is actually the fourth event we've done um, talking about movies. So uh, I think we did one on Bombshell. We did one on Richard Jewell in which the media is the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, we had one on the Bill Cunningham documentary. And uh, we knew that Cooked was coming up. Um, and I just said, hey, is the director available? Because, you know, we have this interest and this is a Chicago-centric um, uh, story and it's airing now on PBS. Is there a way for us to see this and to talk about it and uh, you know tie it into these um, economic and cultural issues? And uh, they said yes. And so we're going to do that again on the 29th. Well, fantastic. And well, I just sent you in the private chat the the link if you want to share it with your audience. Absolutely. Well, I think I think while we're dealing with this, we can't neglect the other stories out there. We still need to know how to tell other stories in our community. It's more important than ever. Like you said, there's demographic um, implications to some of these things, and we need to make sure that we cover that. The mayor herself actually spoke about it. I've watched a couple of press conferences of other governors in other states who are being questioned about this. So I think it's absolutely essential to be discussing this and to be looking at the other stories. But again, given the other seminars you had, how to do so safely, and how to provide for our own community, how to provide funding. I think it's absolutely great. Sarah, any other questions yourself? No, no other questions. Just for everyone else that's uh, you know, watching right now, how do we get a hold of um, some of that money coming our way? How do we apply? If you can just say one more time, um, sure. that would be great. Oh, and also talk about how you can contribute if, you, if you're still working. You know, after this chat, I'm going to try to contribute a little bit because this is an important cause that absolutely we should be funding and helping those in our community who need it at a time like this. Yeah, so we yeah. Do both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I so I greatly appreciate that. And again, every 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 dollar goes directly to journalists. So um, it's at headlineclub.org. Um, it's the lead story, so you can just click on it. Um, and the application process is super easy. In that same page, if you are able to uh, donate something, uh, you there's just a, at the bottom, there's a link that tells you like three ways to donate. And you can do it, I think, by Zelle or PayPal or even by check. Um, and uh, I'm not afraid to say at this point, uh, you know, we've been up for a week and we've given out, I think, more than $20,000, um, but we've only had one person donate. And so I would love to see more than one person donate. Um, but again, it's hard times for everybody. Um, and, uh, you know, we just want to do the, we want to have the most impact the fastest. Well, it's a hard time for our industry in general. It has been for quite some time. But again, our, we are more relevant and, and our, our responsibilities are more important than ever. So absolutely, we should be 
giving money. We should be helping the journalists who are out there telling the stories and at least preparing that that safety net for, for, for all of us. I mean, I was just reading, I think it was earlier this week in the New York Times, they had a two-page kind of an article about all the cuts in different um, news outlets all across the country, and it was devastating. And I wish my wife hadn't tossed it, as she sometimes does, because I would have liked to have shown it. And it, it's just it's just sad, but a reflection that has become our reality, and, and these people need help. Yeah, yeah. I would prefer, you know, during my tenure as pre president, I would have preferred not to have a, to put on a, you know, career transition uh, teleconference, but we did, and it was of a lot of use to a lot of people. Um, and again, if we just realize that we are stronger together, and this is a community that if we stick together, not only are we doing a public good, but it's a public service. You know, I always tell people journalism is the greatest job in the world because you are paid to be curious. Um, and so, um, you know, for people out there either writing for their suburban newspaper or their suburban uh, uh, website, or you know uh, any of the major publications, you know Crane, Sun Times, uh, the uh, the Tribune, uh, you know WBEM, WBEZ, those outlets, and all the ones that I'm not mentioning, provide such a service in keeping us all connected and informed. Um, and without that, you know, I'll just steal from the Washington Post you know, democracy dies in darkness. So we need to realize that that is a cultural value and we need to protect it. Yeah, it's for the two seconds, I think since we have a captive audience, just it brings leaders up during a time of devastation such as this. The fact that we have the governor coming on on a daily basis, not only here in Illinois, we have governors all across that we can look towards. Um, all of that news and all that broadcasting is brought to you by your favorite journalist, one, you know, also sitting next to me. But again, these I are- I hope I'm her favorite. <laughs> but, but in all honesty, it's not just um, the governors, it's the president, it's um, all of our uh, journalists out there that are covering the press con conferences at White House, you know, doing it in a safe manner, doing it in an effective manner, and just getting the word out to the rest of us that are sitting at home and hoping and praying for all of this to flatten out quickly so that we can go back to our normal lives. So I really appreciate you doing this, and I appreciate the board for pulling this together at such a quick time and, a quick, and an efficient manner to get some of the monetary funds out so the journalists can continue to put the food on their table and come back stronger. And, and exactly, and, and that's part of the reason we, we have started this Media Essential Workers to kind of chronicle, to tell the story of the storytellers. All too often, uh, the behind the scenes doesn't matter. You don't realize that these are your friends and neighbors who are journalists and what exactly they're doing. You might maybe like my wife, be working from home, but you don't understand why your husband or your neighbor across the street is going out into the community, into these dangerous situations, what they're doing. And we're trying to chronicle that. We're trying to tell the story, show the picture, show the visuals, not only of the people bringing you the visuals, but turn a mirror on them to show, because at the end of the day, when this goes in history, when, when this is passed, the people who have documented that history were part of the story. And I, I think it's very important. Again, that's why I created this, but it's equally important, more so important what you're doing to provide that safety net in this environment to make sure people have the resources they need. I mean, it's just uh, like you said, just a crazy time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and thank, uh, thanks to the both of you for helping spread the word uh, and helping, you know, just support our community as a whole. So I appreciate it.
Absolutely. And we look forward to your other seminars coming up. Thank you for joining us. Yep. Just for wrapping it up, go ahead and make sure you go on the website, you apply, or at the very least, you donate. Every dollar counts, right? Yes. Yep. Thank you very much, Robert. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Stay safe.